We are on Ksubis Yutes Amar Aleph 19A2 in the Art School Gemara in the first column of the page. Uh, the Gemara is now going to be discussing a new case. Uh, until now, we've been discussing uh, different cases where witnesses, uh, there's a situation where we need to um, do Kiyam Shtaros. Essentially, we have to make sure that a certain document is authentic. Uh, and we do that in different ways by essentially by proving that the signatures are correct and accurate. And one of the ways is where the where the witnesses themselves come to court and they say they come to Bayesian and they say that this is our signature. And the mission was dealing with cases where they say this is our signature, but you should know uh, we were not allowed to really sign for different reasons, whether it's because we were related or because we were a minor at the time. Um, or we were forced into it, different scenarios that's been discussing. And now the Mishnah, sorry, now the Gemara discusses a new case. It's unclear exactly who is making this claim. Again, in, in, a, in a classic case of a, a lender and borrower, we have three parties involved in this, uh, in this document. You have the lender, you have the borrower, and you have the witnesses. And there's going to be a vague statement where we say that if a person says something, they're not believed, but we really don't know. Who, who who's saying this? Is it the borrower? Is it the lender? Is it the witnesses? We just don't know. So let's see this in the Gemara. Amr Rav. Rav says as follows: Haomer Shtar If a person says that this document is a Shtar Amana, what is a Shtar Amana? A Shtar Amana is a document where uh, the bar, the lender and the borrower agree to write uh, a regular document of a loan, um, but. The loan actually never took place, uh, but the uh, borrower sort of has trust in the lender uh, that uh, the lender will never ask for the money. The reason why they're writing this document is so that the document is always readily available in case there is a loan. So once there's a loan, they don't have to go find uh, witnesses and they don't have to write the document. The document is already prepared. The witnesses have already signed and it's already in the hands of the lender so that he could collect uh, however, there was some sort of uh, trust put in place. At least this is what his claim is. This is the somebody's claim uh, is uh, where 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 they say that this was not really uh, there was no real uh, there, there there was no real halva. No, there was no real uh, lending going on here. It was uh, it was just a document which was written in case there would be some sort of loan. Um, so the Gemara wants to know who's who's speaking here that. Rav has to tell us that you're not believed. But that you might have thought that maybe you might have thought that they were believed, and it comes Rav along and he says you're not believed. What's the case here? If it's the borrower, the borrower comes along and he says that you should know that I really there was no loan here, and it's just a shtara mana, it was just a document that the two of us made so that in case there will be a loan, but there really was no loan. So I don't understand. If we have witnesses who, and we, and we, we proved through different ways that these witnesses are actually signed on the document, then there's, there's a concept of a chazaka. Uh, there's what the norm is. The norm is, is that, uh, we assume that everything went through as, uh, as normally is done and that this is really, they're really alone took place. So then the borrower can't just make such a claim and we believe him. No, he has to bring proof to it. He, he can't just make such a claim. He won't be believed once we have already, uh, shown that the document uh, is authentic, 
Now, he has no claim whatsoever, so it can't be referring to the borrower. El de Kamar Malve, you're going to tell me it's the lender. The lender is making such a claim. I don't understand. Tava love bracha. If the lender is saying, you should know, <laughs> there, there was no loan here. No loan took place. This is just a document for the future. He does not owe me anything. Of course he's believed for that. Why would Rob say that he's not believed? Okay, fine. So that takes care of two out of the three. What about the third one? El de Kamar Edim. What about the witnesses? That's the third party involved. So the witnesses come along and they say that this is a shtar amana. This is a, uh, uh, a document which we signed, but you should know there was no loan which actually took place. So what's the case? If we have already proven their signatures from some outside source, from other witnesses, or from some different document which is already in court, that uh, the signatures are the same, and we've proven that these are the people who signed, so if that's the case, then they're not believed, because it's just like, it's just like the Mishnah. The Mishnah says if witnesses come along and they say that you should know that we were disqualified for whatever reason, we were minors, we were related, whatever the case is, uh, and we've already proven their signatures, that there's no Pesha Asar, we don't, it's not like we have to believe them through and through. No, that we already know that their signatures uh, are authentic, so then they have no room, they're not believed to then say that this is a false document. We assume that the, the, the norms uh, that actually occurred, and what's normal is that a loan took place, so they're not believed for that. And that's obvious, we, we don't need Rav to tell us this. And if we have not proven that the that the document is is authentic and it's purely based on their word, so then we should apply the principle of Pesha Asar. We should say that, yeah, they actually are believed. Why would Rav say that they're not believed? We only know that that uh, this is authentic from their word, so then we should believe their word through and through and say that this is a Shtaramana. This is a, a document where there was not yet a loan. The, the whole point of this document was in case there was a future loan. So of course, of course they would be believed. Uh, so what exactly is the case? It cannot be the Lova. It can't be the borrower because it's obvious he's not believed. It can't be the lender because it's obvious that he would be believed. And it can't be the witnesses because if it's already proven from elsewhere, so then it's obvious that the, the witnesses won't be believed. And if it's not proven from elsewhere, then they should be believed. So what's the case where Rob is talking about to say that 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 uh, you might have thought that they are believed comes along Rob and he says you should know no 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 they're not believed so what exactly is that case so the Gemara will give an explanation for each one of the three parties to say how uh, they could really fit in with the statement of Rob it could be either the borrower or the lender or the witnesses it could fit under certain specific circumstances and we'll have three different answers. So here we go. Answer number one. Amar Rava. Rava says as follows. We're talking about the borrower. So we said before, the borrower, of course he's not believed. We've already proven that the, uh, the, the signatures are authentic. So of course he's not believed to say that this is not a good document. He would have to bring proof. So no, the case here is Rav Huna. We have to establish it that we're talking about a case where, of Rav Huna. What's that case? The Amar Rav Huna Marav. The case here is where the borrower is the one who says that I, I, I'm, I'm the one who's telling you that this is a good document, that this was signed by witnesses. They, uh, they, uh, they signed the document, uh, and it's authentic. So, and we don't have anybody else. We don't have anybody else who, uh, who's proving the, the, the signatures to be authentic. So it's all coming from the borrower. So you might have thought before Rav came along to say, 
that even though the lova, the borrower, is the one who's saying that this is authentic, but because he's also saying that, but you should know, no loan ever took place. It was just there so that in case there is a loan, but no loan actually took place. So then, if you, you, you could entertain the possibility to say, okay, fine. So then, we have to be concerned for that. And so therefore, we have to sort of approve that this is an accurate document from somebody else outside of the, outside of the borrower. That's what you might have thought, that maybe we would actually believe the borrower because it's all coming from him. Uh, but no, that's why Rav comes along. He says, and this is why it relates to uh, the last class, that no, Rav is of the opinion, that if the borrower admits that this is an accurate uh, and authentic document, so then whatever he says afterwards doesn't work. He doesn't have the ability to say, oh, we need to prove that this is a good document. No, he, he doesn't have the ability to say, to say these were disqualified witnesses, he doesn't have the ability to say this is a shtara mana. This is not a there, no real loan took place. It's just uh, the document that we wrote in case there would be a loan. He's not believed. We don't believe him because once he says this is a good document, so then we say everything that's normally done with a good document occurred, and therefore though we assume a loan took place. He has no right to then go ahead and say no, no loan took place. He doesn't have a right to say that. So that is answer number one. You, you, it could be the borrower, and you might have thought that really we believe the borrower because he's the only source for proving that this is an authentic document. So maybe we should believe him to say that this is a shtara mana, that this is a document where it wasn't, there was no actual loan, but it was for the future. The conclusion is that no, we don't say that, and the, and the borrower is still not believed. That's answer number one. Answer number two. Abai Omar. Le'olam da'amar malva. Really, really referring to the lender. The lender is making the claim that this is not, there was no loan which took place. And, and Rav is still saying, we don't believe him. How could that be? Of course we believe him. He's basically saying, don't pay me. Don't pay me. Why, why would we not believe the lender to say, don't pay me? So the case here is going Shechav Lachir. So it has to be a very specific case where it's as follows. We have three parties involved. Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Uh, Levi owes Shimon money. And that's this document that we're discussing right now. Shimon owns, owes, sorry, Ruvain money. So Levi owes Shimon and Shimon owes uh, Ruvain. Uh, so we're going to see that there's a principle from Rabbi Nassan. Uh, and Rabbi Nassan will say that there's a principle called Shibuda de Rabbi Nassan, that basically the middleman is taken out of the picture because Levi owes Shimon and Shimon owes, owes Ruvain. So it's as if Levi really just owes Ruvain the money, and the middleman is sort of taken out of the picture. As he says as follows, the Tanya. Rav Nassan Omer, Rav Nassan says, Minayin, noshe bechavero mana, bechavero bechavero. That how do we know that if Levi owes Shimon a mana, and Shimon owes Ruvain a mana, how do we know, Minayin, Shemotin, Mozev, Minosim, Mozev, that we sort of skip the middleman, that once uh, Levi, Levi could go, Ruvain could collect directly from Levi, and we could ignore Shimon. How do we know this? Because the verse says that when you have to pay back, it doesn't say that you have to give it back to the lender. It says you should give it back to the one to whom he is guilty. Uh, that, that's, that's the person you have to give it back to. Essentially, it's really de- dealing with a, a diff, slightly different context. It has to do with somebody who stole. But it doesn't say with, he has to pay back the one, the, the one who stole has to pay back to the one who he stole from. It means to the one who, to him. It says to him. To him means to anybody who, let's say, he stole from somebody, but that person owes somebody else, so then he has to pay uh, the person that uh, that's owed the original money. That's who he should pay. 
And so therefore, whenever you have uh, three people involved, A owes B and B owes C, so then A really owes C. And therefore, therefore, when Shimon now makes the claim and he says, you should know, Ruvain, I owe you money. You cannot go ahead and collect from Levi. Why can't you collect from Levi? Because I never lent any money to Levi. It's not true. This document that you see here, that he owes me money? No, the loan never took place. This is a shtar amana. So this is a unique circumstance where we'll say, oh, in this case where it actually impacts other people, for Shimon to make the claim that Levi doesn't owe me money, well, this isn't really now about Ruvain and Levi. This is not about the middleman Shimon. Levi really owes Ruvain. Shimon cannot go along now and say, but you should know that this document, that no loan ever took place, you actually cannot collect from Levi. No, Shimon has no right to do that. He is not believed in this case because he's not believed to make a claim that, uh, excuse me, that uh, would impact Ruvain, that would prevent Ruvain from collecting from Levi. He just doesn't have a right. He doesn't have the namanus. He doesn't have the believability to make uh, such a claim. Now, it's important to note that Tosos will point this out already. He says that, why not? Shimon, Shimon, why can't Shimon be believed? Doesn't he have a migu? What could he have done? He should be believed because he could have just burnt the document, thrown it in the garbage, and then <laughs> there's no, there's no proof that Levi owes Shimon any money. So, so Tosa says, actually, that's a, it's a pretty good point. And so he says that the case must be a case where Shimon is not holding on to the document, that people already know about the document. It's either in court already or in a third party's hand. Uh, people already know about the document. So Shimon can't just uh, claim that there, that there is no document whatsoever. Okay, that is answer number two. So answer number one is that the borrower is not believed. You might have thought that he was believed. He's really not believed. The answer number two is Abaye. Abaye says it's talking about the lender. Uh, you might have thought that the lender would be believed. In normal cases, he is believed. But this is talking about a unique, unique circumstance where uh, a concept of Shibuta Derev Nasan where... Because Shimon lent to Levi, but Shimon also owes Ruvain, so Ruvain and Levi, Ruvain could really collect from Levi, and Shimon is sort of not believed anymore with regards to uh, the obligation that Levi has to pay Ruvain. Answer number three, Ravashi says, It's really the third party that we discussed, the witnesses. The witnesses are the ones who are saying, that this is, it's true that we signed, but no loan took place. Ah, what's the case? The case is where we are only going through them. We're only going through them. There, there is no other source to prove the authenticity of this document. It's through them. If that's the case, so then we should really believe them. We should really believe them because the concept of Pesha Asr, that if they're making the claim by saying that we signed, then we only know that they signed through their word, so then we should believe their word through and through and believe them when they say that it's a shtar emana, amana. This is a document where no loan actually took place yet. Oh, the comments of my loan, so why aren't they believed? Because, Kid Rav Kahana, a very important point here, Rav Kahana, Dham Rav Kahana, There is a prohibition for a, per- for a person to keep a, this such a document, to keep this shtar amana in his house. There's a prohibition for the Lender, who's not really a lender because there's no loan, uh, but it's prohibition for him to keep it in his house because because it says in Eov, in Job, that uh, you should not have injustice dwell in your tent. You're not allowed to have in your house uh, injustice. And to hold on to this document, which is 
sort of he could use as proof that somebody owes you money when the person doesn't actually owe you money. No, no, no. Do not keep that in your house. You don't want to keep that in your house. It's just it's uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's so uh, it's so easy to get lost in it and sort of just make a claim even though you know that the person doesn't owe you money. You cannot keep that in your house. And so the Gemara continues on Yetesim Abayz 19b1 Va'amar of Shesh Braider of Idi Shema Minami Rav Kahana. We learn from Rav Kahana. Because a person can't keep this in his house. The quote-unquote lender, where there was no loan, cannot keep this in his house. So two witnesses are not allowed to sign this document. They're not allowed to sign this document. Uh, and so therefore they're also not believed to say that they signed this document. Oh, you have a Pesha Asar. We say that if we're, if we're believing them, so we should believe them through and through. And they should have a Pesha Asar to say that it's a Sharmana. No, that is actually not always true. It's not true in a case where they're making themselves into Rishayim. They're making themselves, uh, giving themselves a bad reputation. When they're giving themselves a bad reputation, they don't have the ability to, we don't believe them for that. We actually, we don't believe them for that. Um, and so therefore, uh, they are not believed even in that case. So in the end of the day, the Gemara asked this vague statement that if whoever says that this is a Shtar Amana is not believed, who could it be? The borrower, the lender, the witnesses, it can't be anybody. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for Rav to make such a statement. The answer is that no, you need it for all three in very specific uh, situations. You need it for the uh, borrower because it's only through him that uh, that uh, he, he, he made the document authentic. He, he, agree, he admitted that this was a good document, that it was signed, but we still don't believe him. We still don't believe him. Case number two is where is the lender, but it was a case where the lender is sort of out of the picture because the lender also owes somebody else money, and so he's preventing that person from collecting. And case number three is the witnesses. It's the witnesses when, because when they say that they signed on this, they're basically giving themselves a bad reputation. Okay, that's uh, that's this Gemara. We'll continue with the rest of the Gemara. Interesting Gemara is coming up on Yotesam Bay's 19b in the coming recording.